Hey, I'm Rachel, and this is Podcast Here. Each week on the show, I have a casual conversation with an adventurer about our experiences in the outdoors, challenges, life in general, and doing the things that scare us. I hope that this ever-changing podcast brings you stories that you can relate to, human connection, and inspiration to do the things that scare you. Hey guys, it's good to be back. We have music. Do you love it? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. You can DM me on Insta at trail name here, message me on Facebook at facebook.com slash trail name here, or shoot me an email at trail name here at gmail.com. Check out the trail name here Instagram and Facebook pages to vote on your favorite art for the show too. Before we jump in, I have two big announcements. If you haven't been following along on social media, I wanted to tell you that I will be posting the podcast just once a month on the last Friday so that I can focus on building my freelance career and getting on the road. The second announcement is I'm writing a book. My obsession with post-trail depression and overcoming the post-trail blues has led me to write a book. I'm interviewing anyone and everyone who has experienced any kind of post-adventure depression or blues. If you'd be interested in being interviewed, please reach out. If you'd rather participate anonymously, that's totally understandable too. I'll be releasing a survey through all of my social media outlets, so keep an eye out for that. I'd love to hear from you. I really want this book to be by hikers, for hikers, to help us all transition back into society after our adventures. I cannot wait to share this project with you. I'm so excited about it. All right, now for the good stuff. Uh, What you really came here for was the podcast. (laughs) I talked to Hell Yeah Jesus for this episode. We discuss his two Appalachian Trail Sobo thru-hike attempts and their differences, trail hair, gear, and coming home from a thru-hike. We also spent a good amount of time just trading trail stories. I'm excited to share this episode with y'all, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Well, I don't know if you remember me. I definitely ran into you while you were heading Sobo last year on the AT. Oh, really? Yes. I remember your braids. Like, vividly. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Where did, where do we run into each other? I'm pretty sure it was, like, Vermont. Vermont. Okay. It might have uh, been New Hampshire. Were was... we, we're, hi- we're hiking, we weren't in town. Yeah, we were hiking. It was, like, just briefly, you just, like, ran past me on the trail, and I was like, wow, sick braids, dude. And then... I, you came up on like one of my suggested people on Instagram <laughs> for some reason. I was like, whoa, I remember that guy. <laughs> Hell yeah. Ah, oh, dude, wait, okay. I mean, it could have, it, it was probably, shit, I can't, damn, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't remember. No, but... it's totally fine. I don't expect you to remember. It was such a brief moment. I literally only remember because of your hair. Yeah. Like I would not That's expect, funny. if I were you, I would not remember that at all. <laughs> I like loved having my hair braided and like I can't braid my own hair and I 
I keep trying. I was like, I just learned just go on YouTube, and I just like can't figure it out. And so I was like so thankful when I'd run into like a girl at some point and she would offer to braid my hair (laughs) so it was like some of my favorite moments on the AT that's so funny wow it's definitely more manageable that way oh 100% like you don't have the hot spot in the back with the bun Mm -hmm. totally yeah I was like braiding my hair early on and then I got to Great Barrington and decided to just cut my hair off I was done (laughs) yeah I'm sure that feels really nice though it was freeing. I'd never cut my hair off before, so, like, I never oh, really? had hair that short. It was very, yeah, I just straight up pixie-cutted the whole, like, I had buzzed sides and back and everything. Oh, yeah. so, I mean, I've seen your Instagram. I mean, it looks looks very natural. I wouldn't have guessed that, like, it was your first time. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I really like it. I'm surprised at how much I like it. I probably won't. I'm growing it out a little bit now, but I, I'm sure I will cut it off very soon. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Cool. Um, well, now that we've already started, <laughs> um, do you want to introduce yourself with um, your name, your trail name, and any sort of outdoor activities you do, um, and maybe list the trails you've done? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> um, so my name is Scott Hughes. My trail name is Hell Yeah Jesus, though most people just call me Hell Yeah. Um and so, yeah, the trails I've done is just finished the Colorado Trail. Uh, I did the Appalachian Trail, Sobo, where it ran into you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did 1,300 miles, Sobo, in 2016. I was doing a thru-hike, got off in the Shenandoahs because of a girl kind of situation. Yeah. Uh, but it was the right choice, and I'm happy I made it. But, yeah, so did that, and... You know, I've just been kind of been backpacking for years before that, and I just always wanted to thru-hike. So I decided to go for the AT and obviously found out quickly that thru-hiking is a very different sport than regular backpacking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. I've never um, actually really been re- – I guess I have been regular backpacking now, but it was a revisit to the AT, so it didn't really feel like – Yeah. Yeah, I thru-hiked before I backpacked. Well, I mean, it's kind of nice to get your, your gear dialed down. Like, I feel like I came out and, like, not that I was cocky, but, like, I had all the gear, and so my pack was so heavy, and, like, mm-hmm. I just didn't have the money to, like, switch out my gear until my next, uh, like, long-distance hike. Yeah. So what was, when you prepped for the AT the first time, how was that different from the second time, like, when you revisited? Also, wait, actually, answer this question first. Yeah. In 2018, did you do a full through hike or did you just cover the miles you didn't do your first time? I did a full through hike. So okay. I, sta- I started in Maine again. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So talk to me about how your preparing changed the second time because it was like a two year difference, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I actually left the same day and wow. so I did Katahdin like the same day as before. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like. I guess, like, it differed is, like, so I, I planned out food drops, and so there was, like, a massive prep of, like, me getting my food drops ready. I was, like, vacuum sealing bags of dehydrated food and just kind of all that stress. And then, like, planning out the first few drops. And so, I don't know. Yeah, it was just kind of stressful with the food drops, I guess. <laughs> it was just, like, days of just food prep. And, like, the second time I didn't do food drops. Yeah. And then, like, random gear I didn't need. I had like just like getting so much stuff most of the stuff I didn't even need um 
just I, I don't know it didn't didn't make any sense like I got like a little uh I got a cam chair little thing for my pad, <laughs> like my thermorest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So cringy. I mean, not, nothing against cam chairs, but <laughs> like just too heavy to be carrying. I don't know what I was thinking, but you it's live right. You live and you learn. I'm happy that I had that experience. Yeah. Yeah. I started with 55 pounds um, yeah. as well. So I get, I get that. <laughs> I I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. I'd never been camping. I'd been like car camping. Dang, yeah. With other people's gear, not my gear. (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing. I, like, went to REI and just did whatever. I was too afraid (laughs) to truly do the research and the shakedown hikes because I was like, if I do this, I'm probably not going to want to go because I already know I don't like camping. So I'm just going to ignore everything and just, like, I'm just going to go. It's fine. It's the AT. There's towns. It's fine. (laughs) Well, I think that might be the way to go, though, too, because, like, you know, I was doing, like, research and, like, I was just getting so bummed out about everyone's, like, opinionated, like, comments and, like, this is the way to do it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's personal preference. You're going to find, like, seven billion different opinions, one for every single person. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that when I started, though. Like, you think that someone who's been backpacking just knows what to do and it's not that they don't know what to do it's that gear is a preference so yeah I think yeah. you have to learn that lesson firsthand though oh yeah 100 percent. yeah what is like the biggest thing you did differently on your second hike as far as gear goes um so I had the Gregory Baltoro 75 which is like a big boy pack. Yeah, it's like it way is. too big, about five pounds. Um, so I switched to the circuit, and honestly, I probably could have went with the ohm, the OLA ohm. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was a big change. I that might have been like the biggest thing. Oh, that's huge. I yeah. guess I yeah, like I had a bivy and tarp, and so I was pretty light with the shelter. And I switched to like the Fly Creek. I just was like kind of getting tired of squirrels jumping on me in the middle of the night and like feeling a little bit too claustrophobic. Yeah, I um, don't think I would have enjoyed a bivy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I don't think I can do bivy. But my hiking partner, Four Mile, he did the bivy for the Colorado Trail, and mm-hmm. he he enjoyed it. He also did it for his like, um, what was it, Superior Hiking Trail wow. hike as well. You're pretty tall, though. I I mean, thank you. I think I look tall. I'm only five. I'm like five ten and a half. Okay. My license says five eleven, so I lied. <laughs> <laughs> my license says I'm five four. I don't think I am. Oh really? <laughs> I think I'm like five two. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. I was uh, doing. A, I like give fishing. I give people fishing license and stuff, and so I had to put it in the government system. And this girl's license said she was six four. It was like a whole foot off. Like oh. an official government document. Yeah. Wow. She was five four. So. That's crazy. <laughs> kind of funny. Nice. Um, cool. Do you think that like when you went into doing the AT the second time, you had a different? Did do you have like a mental shift, or did your mental preparation change at all? I think I did less prep. I feel like I just felt like I was going back home, and like mm-hmm. I had like. You know, I just really wanted to finish and, like, prove it to myself that I can do it. Because I feel like I, once I hit, like, 1,300 miles, like, I was like, okay, physically I'm okay. Like, I know I can make it all the way, and I was super bummed to get off. And so I kind of just wanted to, like, come back with a vengeance and just, like, really go for it. Yeah. Awesome. Did you – did your mileage change your second time? Like, how many miles you did in a day? Um, Not really towards the – I mean, in the beginning I was kind of with, like, a little bit of a – 
bigger party group in 2016 um, until like the middle of Maine. And I like switched over and started doing about the same mileage as I was doing in 2018. I think like the biggest thing is that I just, I didn't start as slow. I kind of did the hundred pretty quick. And then I even, I did slow down for a, a little bit, but then I just sped right back up. So mm. why did you, why did you choose to go southbound? Yeah, I just kind of wanted to avoid the, the crowds, mm. I think was the main thing. And I don't know, I just kind of want to do something a little bit different. Yeah, it's definitely, I don't know, if I started Southbound, I don't think I would have finished. Yeah, I mean, well, it's tough, because I, I you know, obviously haven't started North, Northbound ever. True. I, <laughs> but I feel like it's really not, like, ending at Springer is pretty anticlimactic. Like, I would love to end at Katahdin. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, one downside. I just thought, like, hitting Springer with, like, not really a view and just, like, this stone that says, oh, you're here. Yeah. Which kind of interesting. <laughs> the first day, like, when I got on Springer, I didn't actually realize that I was at the top. Oh, no. And I didn't see the sign or anything. And my friend was waiting for me up there. She didn't do the approach trail. and. Yep. She just, like, handed me a beer and was like, yeah, you're on Springer. And she, like, <laughs> took a photo of me. It is the most awkward photo I've ever seen of myself. <laughs> and I was just like, cool. I didn't even sign the logbook or anything. I didn't even know I was – I was just like, okay, let's go camp. I don't – I just hiked eight miles. I'm, like, delirious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, no, I, I went back. I understand that. I feel like that's kind of, like, how the AT is with a lot of the summits, unfortunately. Yeah. I, like, w- had to go back the next morning – I mean, you have to go over it anyway, but I didn't realize until the next morning where the sign was to, like, take the photo. Oh, Oh, man. It was great. I did get a photo, but it was just... That's good. I was not in it. (laughs) It was just the sign. (laughs) Clown stuff. That's funny. Um, Cool. So, did you... Was your prep for the CT basically the same as the AT? It was even less so. I feel like every time, just, like, less planning. Yeah. yeah I just wasn't stressed. Like, I didn't even get my gut hooks app until, like, maybe two weeks before. And I was just like, oh, it'll work out. That's great. So, yeah, I mean, like, it's I mean, it's a shorter trail, and I felt like things would be pretty straightforward. And they were. It was, you know, it was pretty easily marked and had a good community behind it. So I think that all helped out. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Well, you seem really social. Do you have any, like, great stories from the trails? Oh, okay. Uh, well, thanks for thinking I'm social. You uh, are a talker. Like... You listen to oh, you. Really? You're talking. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I have some, true, yeah. I, I guess I'm talking interviews. right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have no choice. <laughs> um, yeah, like, do you want to hear CT stories or AT stories? Like, what, uh... All of the above. Tell me a funny story. What's happened to you? funny story well i do have a pretty crazy story like i guess go for it this is just kind of off the top of my head so i hope it's all right but yeah yeah so this was on my first hike and this was in the town right before mount musalak mm-hmm. for you so be right after mount musalak for me mm-hmm. just some small town in new hampshire and like i ran out of food so i had to go there we weren't planning on stopping there we get to the gas station and we're just kind of like being hiker trash outside and a man pulls up. He doesn't have very many teeth. <laughs> His name is Skeeter <laughs> and he offers to take us cliff jumping. And so, of course, we said yes. 
and we just like jump in the back of his like messy pickup and go cliff jumping and just spend the whole day and then like he tells us hey you guys want to go to this abandoned schoolhouse my buddy's renovating and of course said yeah yeah for sure man but like what we didn't i, I thought this is a guy he had grown up with he had just met this man like two days prior whoa like, they weren't really <laughs> yeah, we just <laughs> we just show up to some random man's house or a schoolhouse and just start partying it up i guess i won't go into too many details but yeah we had a had a good night and I guess this kind of sums up the AT. It's just like those crazy experiences that like you don't expect to get. That's like always the most fun. Yeah. Just like not planning it out and then just like going show to a town and somebody's like, hey, you want to do this adventure? And you're like, yeah, sure. I guess I'll go. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you think before the trail you were that go with the flow, that spontaneous? Um. So I think I'm definitely like I plan to be spontaneous. Cool. Uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of spontaneous, but I do get stressed pretty easily, and sometimes I try not to show it mm-hmm. in my show still. But <laughs> <laughs> I definitely plan that spontaneity. So. That's good. Yeah, I think a lot of people, especially me, like I didn't. I loved having a plan. I didn't learn how to not plan until like halfway through the AT. When I realized that I was just like throwing all my plans away. Like every time I planned something like where to go or how far I was going to go or like how much food I needed, it was always just getting scrapped. So I started, I stopped planning eventually, but spontaneity used to scare the shit out of me. (laughs) No, I think it makes sense. Like, I think that's like a big lesson that like every through hiker learns at some point. Yeah. Just like not planning and just like being open to it. Yeah. What do you think, like, the number one thing you took away from the trail was? I think, like, confidence. Like, I think, like, you know, the trail is a big place. You just kind of lose your ego. Everyone's on that even playing field. Mm. And just being confident in who you are and being hiker trash is okay. Like, you're, like, kind of at the low end of the totem pole when you're in town. And so it's (laughs) just kind of, like, it's okay to be yourself. And so I just try to take that into, like, you know, the quote-unquote real world and just be confident because you know it's, it is a big accomplishment like you're kind of going off in the woods just this modern day pilgrimage and so I think it's kind of cool and something to be proud of yeah that's great I th- it's been weird for me at least bringing the things that I learned on the AT and like the confidence that I felt like I had out there back to the re- the, the real world you know do you have do you have that struggle Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I think, especially after my 2018 hike, like, I was pretty, pretty depressed, pretty down. Like, 2016, because I, it was an attempt, I was just so amped to get back on trail. That was, like, my main focus. Mm. And then 2018, oh, I'm done. Like, what do I do? And feel so weird getting back on. And I don't know. Yeah, mm. I think it is tough, just because it's just such a different change. Like, you have to get a little bit of a culture shock getting back. Yeah, totally. Did you, what do you do for work? So I've done a number of jobs, but like after the 2018, I was working at Moose Jaw. It's kind of like similar to, I guess, REI. It's pretty big online. But yeah, it's like yeah. a Michigan company. And then right now I'm in Montana and I also work for a local gear shop. So just kind of working at gear shops. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Do you think that helped you with transitioning back that you were still sort of in the industry of outdoor stuff? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I thought it was just like fun to talk about gear, fun to talk about other people's trips and 
you know, sometimes you do meet people who know about the Appalachian Trail, so it's always fun to, you know, share that stuff. But even, like, just talking about other people's trips is, like, really nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, When you got off the AT the second time, did you have, I guess, so, like, a lot of people talk about being able to manage post-trail depression. Like, some people say... This happens inadvertently to a lot of people, but some people who strategize about it say that, like, to have a manageable goal when you get back, to have something to occupy your time, so, like, a job that you don't hate, (laughs) and just support, like, people to talk to. Um, Do you think that you had any of those things, or were you preparing for any of those things? Yeah, like, I enjoyed my job, which was nice, but having like a solid so I moved back to like my hometown and Mm -hmm. like you know everyone that I know there is already like moved on pretty much and so I didn't have too many friends that were home and the friends that I did great people but like you know they don't quite understand the trail yeah and so I think like because of that it was still pretty isolating and then I was only working until like the end of the holidays and then I was moving to Montana to start school again after like four years off and so just that whole combination and like moving to a new place and like not knowing anybody and starting school again it just was like that was made it that much harder I feel like for me so the situation just like didn't work out for me after 2018. That's a lot. Yeah I didn't I, I don't even think I realized how much it was really until like I was like right in the middle of it and like trying to deal with it and just was like it was pretty hard like I feel like my winter and fall were like some of the toughest months I've gone through and so I was really happy to get back on trail yeah that makes sense yeah so you when you got off trail in 2016 you went back to school in 2016 I won the girl back or didn't really win her back, but we, we worked things out, and we moved to Colorado together, and then we moved to Alaska. Whoa. And so, yeah, and then we were working, and then I decided I needed to hike the trail. So I we eventually we parted ways, and I chose the trail. And so, <laughs> so the girl that I left the trail for ended up leaving for the trail, which is kind of weird, but full circle. But, yeah, it worked yeah. out. It's, it's all right. Wow. So are you guys still together? We are not. Wow. Yeah. Life happens, huh? I know. Unfortunately, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry if that's touchy. That's that's. Oh, no. It's it's all right now. It's been over a year, so it's all good. Cool. The sting is less bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Nice. Nice. So what are you going? Are you still in school? Yeah, so, I mean, I just did my first semester back this January, and so this is my second semester back. I'm a wildlife biology major. Cool. Um, yeah, nice. I was Fishers and Wildlife at Michigan State, though, so slight, slight difference. Not really a difference, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. So, do you get to yeah. go outside for school a lot? Um. Yeah, so, unfortunately, my credits transferred over as elective credits, and so I've got, like, one more s- semester of like prereqs to get out of the way um but then i should be going out in the field a little bit more cool cool that's awesome yeah um tell me your trail name story okay yeah well everyone wants to know because it's a pretty silly trail name and sometimes people don't enjoy it which is okay 
but <laughs> the story's like not <laughs> that crazy just like i looked similar to jesus i got long hair and a beard and like we were joking about it that i looked like jesus before i think i even posted like an instagram photo like oh this is trail jesus or something and then um i got into rangely maine and i'm walking down like my hair was down i guess i was looking pretty ragged and a man walked up to me and was like this looks like the second coming of jesus or something along those lines and we laughed and then i go to the restaurant and my waitress is like hey me and the girls are talking and your name your trail name should be jesus <laughs> so uh, i just i just took it and i was like hell yeah before i cuz i talk like a bro talk like a skater guy i guess and say hell yeah a decent amount and so i just like you know i didn't want to just be jesus so i threw on the the hell yeah that's a good idea yeah <laughs> i didn't want to just be jesus <laughs> i feel like there's multiple trail jesuses and i also didn't want to proclaim to be jesus even though some people were still offended by it but yeah that's okay there's always there's always going to be those people yeah yeah for sure Wow. Cool. Yeah, what was your trail name? My trail name was Life Alert. Oh, wait. I read that. Life Alert. I feel like I saw you in... I definitely read about Life Alert. Did you write a lot in the logs? Yeah, yeah. I wrote in most yeah, of the yeah. logs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely read some of your logs. I don't remember any specifics, but I definitely remember that trail name. That's I used, sweet. I used to write random logs. Cause, so I was... At the time, on trail, I met this guy in, like, Virginia, and we started dating on trail. And we would always run into random people, and it was always just, like, miles and life alert, miles and life alert. Like, we were never separate. It was We were, like, yeah. one entity at that point. <laughs> so people would always be looking for us, but we were always together, but we sort of migrated into, like, other trail families and then sort of left them all the time. So we would sort of write in it just to see if anyone would, would find us. But yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was nice to be able to meet so many different people and migrate in that way and not feel, like, uncomfortable or unsafe because you always just have that, like, other person that you're sure of, and it's great. (laughs) Oh, definitely. I think, like, hiking with a partner is, like, well, obviously preference, right? But I think it's, like, the best. That's my preference. I like hiking with a partner. Yeah, for me, it is the most enjoyable. I think... I would I would love to be better at being alone. I say this a lot. I'm working on it. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm just not great at being I don't enjoy it that much. And that's, that's okay. Um, I think that is okay. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. There's definitely times where I'm like, all right, you should definitely be able to do this alone. Like, relax. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was nice because we did still get to, like, I did camp alone a couple of times still. I did hike alone during the day sometimes but it was also like you're never really alone or unsafe or worried you always have the company even when they're annoying you (laughs) it's still nice that they're there I don't know I liked it yeah I was alone in 2016 for like about a month and I like had my first sleep paralysis incident and like it caused me like i need to find someone to hike with oh my god like i was like in this weird spot there was like where was it in pennsylvania and there's some war memorial kind of on trail and it was i get there late at night and it was really eerie because you see the memorial thing and Mm -hmm. then it was super foggy and misty 
and I just started camping and I woke up. I didn't wake up, but I thought I woke up to a bear attacking me and I'm like wrestling in my bivy, like I'm moving around. I threw the bear off me and then I just see two witches cackling, walking towards me. Oh my God. Yeah. And I, obviously I wasn't awake, but I thought I was awake. My eyes were open. I thought like, I have no, I've never, that was like my first sleep paralysis thing and it felt so real. I instantly just like got up and just hiked to the next shelter and I think it was like the 501 shelter, maybe it was not 501, whatever shelter in Pennsylvania where you get to just chill in the uh, shelter. It's like a big kind of cabin thing. Mm-hmm. And there's that caretaker there. I just chilled until somebody came. And fortunately, they were able to hike with me. That's cool. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was scary. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is terrifying. Ugh. There was definitely – Pennsylvania was a weird place for me, especially. There was one night where – I was extremely glad I was not alone. We were near these, like, this power facility that had, like, sort of a dirt road that went to it. Um, And there was a huge flat spot where people had clearly camped before right next to it. And we thought, like, this is a fine place to camp. Like, it's fine. Like, there's no cars up here. It didn't seem like anyone really went up there. So we set up our tents, and we were so proud of ourselves. We are like, oh, my gosh, it's 7.30. We did more than 20 miles, and we're already in bed. This is the best day ever. (laughs) And we had run into people we knew that day. So it was cool. We got to see our friends. We also got to, like, go to bed on time and get up early the next day. And, like, 8.30, we heard gunshots, we think. (laughs) But we weren't really sure. But it was obviously not a car backfiring because, like, cars just don't really do that anymore. (laughs) I was like, there's no excuse for this. Like, that sounds like a gunshot. I'm terrified. We need to leave right now. Um, And then we heard, like, a car door slam and another one open. And I am almost positive I heard a girl yelling no multiple times. Oh, no. And then we heard another more muffled gunshot. And I was like, we got to go. We got to (laughs) go. So we, like, pack everything up, and we knew that our friends, they said they were going to camp, like, three to five miles ahead of us um, because they wanted to see the sunset at this certain outlook, and we were tired, so we didn't want to, but I was not tired anymore. (laughs) Oh, no. Adrenaline's pumping, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm, like, still in my pajamas. I'm, like, hiking. I don't ever hike (laughs) in my glasses because they fog so much, so I usually put in my contacts, but I was so afraid. I just, like, left my glasses on, and we're, like, running. I'm on the phone with the state police. The police. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. They transferred me to six different stations before someone finally was like, oh, yeah, we'll go out there and check. And I was like, well, she's probably dead now, so thanks, guys. <laughs> Don't even know if there's a person who got shot, but if they did, they're definitely not alive anymore. <laughs> it was so did scary. Did any, like, did someone, like, tell you what happened eventually? Like, no. Like- we never heard back, and there was nothing in the news. It was weird. Like, p- entirely possible, literally nothing happened. But who knows, you know? Yeah, better safe than so. Like, thankfully, you guys called the police, and hope. I mean, hopefully it did something, but yeah. damn, that's very scary. I would feel so guilty if I didn't call the police. Like, I don't think I could witness a situation like that. Like, we could barely see them. They were probably, like, a quarter mile up the road from us, but we saw the car pass multiple times before the incident happened so it seemed like they were looking for someone or something um oh damn it was just it was just creepy so and we'd had like our first three days in pennsylvania were just the creepiest experience i have ever had so then that happened and i was just like we gotta get out of pennsylvania as fast as possible let's go (laughs) so we're like we ended up running up the trail it had just gotten it just started getting dark we ran up the trail 
like a mile and a half and we found a campsite and I was like, we should just stop here. And Miles was like, no, 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 let's keep, I don't want to be alone. Let's just keep going. And I'm like, okay, let me call my dad and just, just let him know. Cause I used to, I had a, a spot GPS. Yeah. So when I got to camp, I would always message my parents and be like, the check-in button just let them know where I am and there's like coordinates and stuff and I'd already checked in with them so they thought I was already at camp and I had cell service so I just called my dad and I was like dad I think I'm okay but I'm not okay and I just need you to know (laughs) and I got like we ended up hiking all the way to where our friends were and I don't know if you've ever run into them but we used to call them the woo crew um because whenever they were near each other they would always yell woo like to find each other. Yeah. Um, so every corner we came around, if we saw like a tent or a hammock, we'd be like, Woo! <laughs> like, Is it you guys? <laughs> and a bunch of people just like turned their lights off. They were like, Oh no, someone's out there. I'm gonna just turn my lamp off. I'm not here. <laughs> so we just so weird. It was so weird. I was like, I'm sorry if I creeped you out. Jeez, just in crisis here. <laughs> It's only nine o'clock. It's not like I'm going to murder you. I'm, oh, maybe I am, damn, I guess. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> so we just kept running, and finally we saw smoke from, like, a campfire, and it ended up being them. And we all were just, like, yipping and hollering and, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And they couldn't figure out why we were so excited to see them because they had just seen us a couple hours ago. Um, and we, had we like, explained the whole thing to them. And then they ended up being right in a patch of blueberries. So we just ate a bunch of blueberries and sat around the fire and everybody sort of calmed down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was freaky. It was a weird experience. I'm really glad they were ahead of us, though, because if they weren't, I don't like that would I don't think it would have ended up being a good night. And it was because they were there, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't want to separate too much further from people you're hiking with. like. Yeah. I was surprised because I, I don't normally... I'm like, I don't really want to accommodate a whole family. Like, that's just, that's a lot for me. That's a lot yeah. of decision-making. It's a lot of preferences. It's cool to hang out for a day or two, but I'm not every night going to be like, well, where do you guys want to go? Well, where do I want to go? Well, maybe we can meet here. Or, oh, I don't know. I just want to hike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was... I don't know how people do it. I mean, like, I that's, that's really awesome. I just, like, don't know how they're able to coordinate so well. Yeah, totally. I've always wondered that. I need to talk to somebody who's been in a big tramway. Yeah. Like, how did you coordinate that? Because I don't think I could handle that. That's too much. Like, just let me know where you're going. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like, I'll just meet you there. Ugh. Well, did you meet the tramway that was, they had that guy who followed them from Georgia that was cooking for him every single night? No. Oh, oh, the, um, they had Sherpa with them. Or is that who you're talking about? It could be. Like, I don't know. I ran yeah. into them in the whites, but apparently some, some guy had been following them from Georgia and he like tells you where to meet him each night and he'll like cook for you and stuff. And oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know. That's so crazy. Yeah. They're a, it was a pretty big. That was, like, when I first we first started seeing, like, the bubble, and, like, that was a pretty big group. They're a rowdy bunch, but it looked like they were having fun. Yeah. There was also, there was the Northbound Horde, which was just the biggest tramway I've ever seen. And they're, like, infamous now. They've basically been mentioned on this podcast in almost every episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, they were huge. I don't know how they stayed together so long. 
Yeah, it's definitely something that's like Sobos, like there's Tramelies, but not nearly the size as like the Nobos. Yeah. You get like a five person Tramley, not like a group of 16. <laughs> yeah. And, and five is a big, that's a big Sobo bubble. Yeah, that is a Sobo bubble. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I started when I, I started in February going north. Okay. So I didn't really, I was always either just ahead of the bubble or then I had to get off for, I got off for like a wedding for a week and the bubble passed me. So I was just behind it. But someone told me in Georgia during the bubble, there was like 35 people camping on Springer Mountain. Oh my God. I was like, I would not, I wouldn't want to be out. Like I would not want to experience that. That is way no. too many people. <laughs> Maybe just like hike a few miles further. I don't <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like go stealth camp. It's not illegal there. <laughs> oh man. But also like when I started, I did not stealth camp because I didn't know how. It's not that I didn't know how, but like I'd never, I didn't know how. That's true actually. I'd never done it before. Yeah. You. That's something you sort of like, if, if I mean, if you've never been camping, you sort of ease into. I didn't just. Definitely. Yeah, and it was for, of the encouragement of my friends who had stealth camped before when I did do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely prefer, like, in 2016, like, only stealth camped, very, very rarely sheltered. But, like, 2018 was so, so rainy, like. Yeah. I was looking forward to a lot of the shelters. And just, like, I don't like the shelters just because, like, the mice and the bugs. But, like, I would rather have some bug bites than, like, have to set up in the pouring rain. Totally. Yeah. If it's like already raining and you have to set up, ugh, gosh, there, yeah. it's fine if it's like sprinkling, but pouring, mm-mm, not my jam. <laughs> no, I've definitely had some very bad nights where I'm just yelling out anger because yeah. like I have to set up my tent in the rain. Oh, uh, everything's so wet. There was one night in Vermont that we had to do that because the shelter was full when we got there. And oh, no. We, I mean, we stopped pretty early, too, but it was so cold and rainy that everybody did. And the ground, I don't know, there was a couple tent sites, so we thought it was fine, and we set up, and the ground seemed kind of a little concave, but we were like, it's not a big deal. And both of our tents fully flooded, like, <sighs> from underneath. And then it just it just came in the uh, we both had um like tarp tent trekking pole tents okay yeah and it just it got real bad that night I didn't know what to do like there was nothing you could do at that point you can't go to the shelter if you I guess you can hike but it's like you slept for an hour <laughs> yeah oh man it was right and it was cold it was just so cold oh. But nothing is as cold as my time in the Smokies. Oh, my God. Don't. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Your guys' winter was insane. It was horrible. We So this blizzard was coming in when I was about to go into the Smokies. And I remember at that time, because I'd never really backpacked and I didn't, I'd never been to the Smokies. I'd never been to the South, really. Not in the woods. Um, yeah. I, like, I'd been to Georgia, but to, like, a city. Um. So my idea of Georgia was, like, warm. It's the South because I'm from Maine. So to me, I was like, I don't need anything special. It's the South. It was fucking cold. (laughs) Did you get get trapped in the Smokies? Yeah. So there – well, there was one day where 
I so I got to Molly's Bridge shelter. It was raining that first shelter going northbound. And I was like, well, if it just rains, it's fine. And we woke up the next morning. Everybody's shit was frozen and it was snowing out. And my bear bag froze shut. I had an earth sack at the time, which was so unnecessary. Yeah. And it froze shut and I couldn't cut through it because it's an earth sack. Like you can cut into them, (laughs) but it's not easy. And my knife was not very sharp. Um, And someone ended up helping me untie it who had gloves that were not wet. Um, Yeah, that was a real experience. And when it snows in the Smokies, people are very bad about digging deep enough cat holes, I learned. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was was an experience. Don't – just don't poop in the Smokies. Just hold it. All this – just don't. It was awful. On trail, I guess – First thing in the morning, there's no holding. I know. That's what I'm saying. I wake up and I'm like, that is the time. Like, you got to go. And honestly, I should have just packed as quickly as possible and gone up trail a little. But I was a noob and I didn't know that, like, I could just go poop anywhere in the woods. I was like, I must poop near a shelter, which is hilarious because you don't need to poop near a shelter. You could poop wherever the fuck you want as long as you dig a hole, leave no trace, yeah. whatever. Um yeah, so that was great. So I was like, well, I'll just I'll just hike. And it was snowing, but I decided to just, just hike out because I was alone for the first time ever. I had been hiking with people from the beginning that I met, like, on my first day. And so I was alone this from NOC on into the Smokies. Oh. I was so proud of myself, too, because I'd never been alone and I'd never backpacked. And I was like, well, this is this is my chance. I'm going to I'm just going to go by myself and make this choice. I can hike by myself. And I had this plan of like how many miles I would go each day and like how much food I was going to eat and all this stuff. Ridiculous. Um, And I hadn't I lost my appetite at the beginning. And so in the Smokies, (laughs) I didn't bring that much food, which was such a mistake. Um, anyway, so yeah, so it was blizzarding and I was like, it's probably fine. I'm from Maine. I hike in the winter all the time. (laughs) And I just started hiking to the next shelter, which I'm pretty sure was like no more. I think it was like three miles. It might've been six, but I'm pretty sure it was like three miles. And I got to that shelter and everyone who had been staying there the night before didn't leave. Oh God. They all took a zero. And this, um... This ridge runner had come through who basically let them use their, like, foldable saw to get firewood because no one wanted to go back down. And the ridge runner had said, like, well, you guys either need to build a fire or you need to leave. Like, this is dangerous. And so they built a fire (laughs) and got a bunch of wood, which is great and nice and all, but, like, there were no beds left. And... You're not supposed to camp outside the shelter, and also there's snow on the ground, so, like, I couldn't set up my trekking pole tent in this. Like, you just can't set them up in the snow very well unless there's some kind of ground pack. And yeah. there was just no way. There, was, I was a noob. There was no way I was going to be able to set up that tent. I'd used it one time in my life, like, literally once. <laughs> oh, dang. Yeah, because you been shelter hopping? Yeah, I'd just been shelter hopping. My, I had started with a fly creek, a big Agnes fly creek, and it broke. And oh, really? yeah, and Big Agnes customer service wouldn't do anything about it. So I ended up selling it on Facebook to someone and sending it back to my mom and she sent it to the person. And then 
my mom got a six moons lunar solo shipped to me um at that lodge right before the smokies well i can't remember what town that is it's like fontana a fake town. yeah fontana dam that's the one yeah yeah um but i'd never used i mean i'd barely used a tent so i'd never used a trekking pole tent i didn't know how to set it up i thought it was all scary which is funny because it's actually like so much easier to use than a than a regular tent um but that was <laughs> That was not going to happen. So I went into the shelter, and at first I was, like, really upset that all those people were there. I was pissed. I was like, are you (laughs) fucking kidding me? I have to sleep on the floor because all y'all were too lazy to hike in the snow. But I hiked in the snow, and I was being all, like, holier than thou, asshole. (laughs) And someone was like, why don't you just make dinner, and, like, maybe we can shift stuff around. So I started making my dinner, and I ate, and I started feeling less grumpy, of course. And then we all used a bunch of like rain flies and we used my tent and someone, I think it was Tang, got up in the rafters of the shelter to cover that the like big opening that's up there. You know how there's like an open spot above um, the tarps on the like Smokies shelters? There's like a, a ventilation basically opening up there. It was freaking freezing because the wind would just blow in there and come down into the shelter. So we covered it in tents and tarps and we all just like sat around the fire. And I swear I made like 30 friends that night because you don't have a choice. You're like locked in there with these people. (laughs) There's no cell service. There's 30 people in like a 13 person shelter, you know, Um, and it ended up actually being really fun. I was pleasantly surprised i ended up just staying up the whole night and not going to bed um and i wasn't even upset about it yeah <laughs> but yeah i don't know you really have to just go with the flow and not be like be able to change your attitude pretty quickly because if i i mean i could have just stayed grumpy i could have just been pissed the whole night but i don't think that would have been enjoyable for anybody <laughs> no exactly like i I don't know how people who do like remain pissed stay on the trail. Like I ran into a few and just like, dude, just enjoy your time. Totally. It's okay. Yeah. I think those are the people though, that like in quote unquote real life also don't really enjoy their time. You know, they just never have. Seems pretty miserable, but I mean, that's cool. If they're they're enjoying being miserable. Yeah. That's your thing. It's fine. Oh, yeah. I definitely I met someone like that that was just always upset. And he would tell like random people he he told us at dinner one night we were at Woods Hole Hostel. He told us at dinner um, that he would be he was glad when other people got off because that meant that like he was just stronger than them and he could finish. And if you're not strong enough, you shouldn't be on trail. I was like, dude, you should never cheer when someone gets off trail. Like, yeah, if it's the right choice for them and it makes them happy to get off trail, go for it. But you should never be, like, vindictively, like, oh, I'm so glad that person got off trail. Everybody else should get off trail. I'm the strongest, you know? Yeah, no, I had somebody, like, my first experience in Nobo uh, in the 100. So I was, like, you know, it was my second time. It was 2018. Mm -hmm. I was, like, averaging 20s in the beginning. And so the guy was like, hey, where are you headed today? And... I think I was 25 miles away from Monson. So I was, uh, I'm heading to Monson. And he said, uh, 
good luck with that. I was like, oh, I mean, I've been on, I've been on trail before. Like I was kind of used to it. And he's like, oh, did you, he's like, oh, you, uh, you through hike. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't through hike. I did like an attempt. And he's just like scoffed at that. He's like, oh, well, good luck. Hope you make it this time. And then hiked on. I was like, Jesus, dude. That's a horrible <laughs> first experience with a Nobo too. Like way to, way to ruin it for all of our kind, man. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's so funny, the Nobo-Sobo dilemma. Like, I know there's, like, a lot of asshole Sobos, too. But, yeah, it's just, like, weird that there's just this, like, rift between the two directions. Honestly, it reminds me so much of the rift between, like, political parties. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's like, everybody's an individual who makes up the party, okay? We don't need to just make all these assumptions, friends. Let's (laughs) relax. (laughs) Because I've definitely, like, I met... Oh, gosh, there was one real asshole Sobo. I was – so my parents live in North Conway, New Hampshire. It's, like, right near Mount oh, Washington. Yeah. yeah. So we – they slack-packed me and Ted, my boyfriend, all the way through the whites. So, oh, nice. I mean, it was, like – it was amazing. It was the most fun I've ever had in my, like, home mountain range, you know? Um, yeah. But I ran into this guy. I had just, like, a day pack on, but I was still wearing my thru-hiking shoes, which were just, like, falling apart. And I was still wearing <laughs> my thru-hiker clothes, which were clearly, like, you know when they get just the perma stain? Like, everything's just a little stained. <laughs> yeah. like, you just always look dirty even when you're clean. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just got that thru-hiker look. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I don't know. I felt like it kind of looked like a thru-hiker. But this guy passed me. Um, and I stepped aside, even though I definitely had the right away. I was going up and he was going down, but he did not look like he was going to move aside for me. So I was like, whatever, I'll move aside. And I was like, Hey, how's it going? And he was like, I'm doing fine. Are you enjoying your day hike? (laughs) I was like, well, uh, yeah, it's not exactly a sure. Yeah, I'm enjoying I'm and then he was sort of gone (laughs) and he just looked so grumpy and gruff. And I was just like. Wow, he didn't. I just the way that he said day hike was just like a scoff. Yeah. It was like day hike, <laughs> and that was really. I didn't really talk to any sobos before that because, like, how many have I run into? You know, not many. Um, but then I met one in Maine that was like the most peachy, nice person who is just like so grateful to be out on trail. Do you remember their trail name? Um. The girl going southbound, I think, was Trash Panda. You met Trash Panda? Yeah. Oh, dude, I love Trash Panda. Yeah, like my... Did you meet Bubbles, too? Um, I briefly ran into Bubbles. I was going to interview Bubbles, but we haven't scheduled a time yet. Thanks for reminding Bubbles. me, actually. Yeah, Bubbles is really cool. I hiked with Bubbles for a little bit, oh, cool. um, but I also hiked with Trash Panda, too, and Bubbles and Trash Panda work together right now. Oh, that's so funny. I yeah. met Trash Panda, like, right before I met you in Vermont. Right before? Okay, so it must have been right before I met because I met Trash Panda at Upper Goose Pond. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we hiked together for a day. We stayed at the next town or something together. But, yeah. That's okay, so Okay, so maybe end of Vermont or something? No, yeah. Wait. Yeah, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. Wow. That's funny. Small world. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I vividly remember meeting Trash Panda. It was, like, pouring rain. We stopped at this shelter, and our friends were behind us, and they decided to stop at that shelter. But we ended up moving moving on. 
I loved Vermont for some reason. I was just like really into just keeping <laughs> keeping going. I did some some good miles there. Um, yeah. But we Trash Panda was like, I think I'm just gonna stop here and sleep here. You know, I like I probably should go further, but I think I'm just gonna do it. And I was just like, girl, just do what you want. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It has taken me this long to learn that lesson. <laughs> I hope it does not take you until your third to last date to learn that lesson. Just do what you want. <laughs> Yeah, really. And we had this like whole conversation about just like like just doing what you want. It was great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think she was like the nicest sobo I met. Yeah, she is she's very nice. She doesn't have social media though. So really? that's a bummer. But yeah, what? but if you talk to Bubbles, you can probably talk to her too. But yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll get the in. Maybe I'll get them both on the same time. That'd be so <laughs> cool. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> They're both really nice. Cool. Wow. That's awesome. So did you do any hiking with, like, a specific, um, like, partner or family for a while? Yeah, so I was with a sobo named Leo in the beginning. He might have got a trail name. He was uh, British. I don't know if you met him. Uh, I don't think so. But we were, I lost him, and then I was with Bubbles and crew for a little bit, and then I just kind of, like, wanted to do a little bit more uh, miles than they did so i just kind of split off from them and then i met up with my boy four mile at upper goose pond and we started hiking together at upper goose pond until the very end and then that's the same guy i hiked the, the colorado trail with oh wow that's awesome that's a real bond yeah i love four mile he's a little bit younger than me but we always joked because i looked you know, I'm, I'm 24, almost 25, Same. but uh, I look, like, super old with my big beard. Like, people thought I was, like, 35, and so we joked that I was just this, like, random 35-year-old man following this young boy. Because <laughs> 4 miles 19, or he might be 20 now. Um, yeah. yeah, he's 20 now. And he, uh, but he can't grow facial hair yet, so he just looked <laughs> a little young on trail. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, so he'll be able to grow very soon. <laughs> very big beard. <laughs> Believe. <laughs> Put it into the universe and it will appear. <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. Do you have any um, advice for people who want to through hike or backpack? I say just, like, go for it. Like, people, you know, obviously I know it's tough to, like, you have commitments, you have a job, but if you're unhappy, I say just go for the through and figure it out after. Like I, it's such a good experience. I feel like don't overthink things when you're on trail too, and just keep hiking. And if you don't feel like hiking, you don't have to keep hiking. Like before you quit, just take a few zeros. And I guess that's it. I don't know. Nice. Oh, I have one more question before you finish. Yeah. Would you feel comfortable about talking about how you afforded your through hike? Yeah, for sure. Cool. I think a lot of people struggle with figuring out how they're going to pay for it. Yeah. So I, for the Colorado Trail, I just kind of took out a little bit of money from credit card. But um, it's, you know, it's a shorter trail. It's only 485 miles. Mm. And then for the AT and both times, I pretty much just like worked as much as I could and tried to save up money. And I'm, I'm for, I have a fortune situation. Like I was able to like live with my dad, like rent free. Mm. And so because of that, 
that helped me out. Obviously, I'm very fortunate because of that. And so that helped me save up a little bit quicker uh, working full time and not having to pay rent. And then I still was a little bit in debt from credit card both times. (laughs) I think uh, (laughs) most people, most people are. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Good talking to you. Yeah. You too. I love getting like the biggest reason I like doing the podcast is because I just get to talk to through hikers, even people I didn't hike with just to. I don't know. It's always the best conversation, like a, a meaningful conversation, you know? No, a hundred percent. Like I, that's what I miss about trail. Just like so nice to, you know, talk to other hikers who just kind of get it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to explain stuff. You're just like, did you have this? Did you have that? I did. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I am so happy to be back working on the podcast after that break. It was much needed and I feel refreshed creative and ready to find some balance in my life. (laughs) This conversation with Scott really made me remember why I started the podcast. It was just a meaningful conversation. We shared stories, we got to relate to each other, and I think it brightened both of our days. I hope that this episode brought some kind of joy to your day as well and maybe some inspiration to not give up on an attempt at a thru-hike that you might not have finished, or to go try hiking something shorter. I'll be back next month on the last Friday with another episode, so stay tuned for that. And don't forget to go on my social media and check out the new album art that I've been creating for the podcast. You can vote for your favorite there. You can find me at trailnamehere on Instagram, on facebook.com slash trailnamehere, and at trailnamehere.com. You can find Scott Hughes, aka Hell Yeah Jesus, on Instagram at Scooter Hewley, S-C-O-O-T-E-R-H-U-G-H-L-E-Y. This episode was sponsored by Freiburg Motors, Mount Washington Valley's number one choice for European automotive sales and service. You can find them at 299 Main Street in Freiburg, Maine, on Facebook at Freiburg Motors, and on their website, freibergmotors.com. This episode was sponsored by listeners like you. Thank you. If you love the show and you want to donate, you can go to paypal.me slash trailname here and donate as little as a dollar to our show. If every listener donated just a dollar, this show is fully funded for a whole year. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks for donating. If you want to support the show, but you can't afford a donation, that's okay. You can rate the show, you can leave a review of the show, you can subscribe to the show, and you can share the show on social media or with your friends via text message or email. I'd love for you to share the show. It really helps us gain listeners, and every share counts. Thank you.